Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Encounter 228 or 228. My name is John O'Logan, and it is my privilege to be delivering an episode dedicated to three absolutely fantastic games, which I have very, very fond memories about. Uh, And they're very, very spooky, too. And we're a little bit past Halloween now, but that doesn't matter because spookiness can be year-round, especially when you're playing a Castlevania game. So uh, first, let me introduce the panel that we have today. First up is everyone's favorite retro host, Mike Solosi. Good evening. Ooh, that was that. Who's where? Where does Mike? And why is Dracula here? Uh, uh, yeah, I think you mean Bill Lugosi, another famous Hungarian American. Of course, yes. Well, Mister uh, Mister Solo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we also have Audra, the review machine bowling. She has delivered so many reviews; it's unbelievable. Hi. Yeah, in fact, uh, there's along with this one that we're talking about today, she also delivered a review for Cupid Parasite, uh, which is a uh, visual novel, and you really enjoyed it. You gave it an 88. Yes, I really did like that one. It was a very funny rom-com type storyline, which was refreshing. Ooh, you know who'd probably like that kind of thing? Nikki Vicori, who is also here. Wow, that's me. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Before this podcast, my friend was like, when are you getting Cupid Parasite? Because it's really good. <laughs> and I'm like, soon. Yeah, you absolutely should. If I didn't keep like putting games on you to review, that would be uh, a wonderful idea. Video game. Wow. Video game. Wow. Uh, how's everyone doing? Is everyone doing okay? Nothing uh, Nothing to report? Or is someone going having an adventure or something? I finished Kokoro by Natsume Soseki. So now I'm really the great ace attorney. Wow. That is kind of awesome. And a nice throwback for Solosi and I. That's right. And you and Nikki, you also told me that you got into the fiction of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle following uh, playing Great Ace Attorney, right? Yeah. So now I'm going to read The Sign of the Four and I'm going to go back and forth. So I already read A Study in Scarlet. Then I read Kokoro. Now I go to the four people, whatever. Then I'm going to read I Am a Cat. That is, that, is some, that is some deep lore. Yeah. That is a fantastic reading list. Woohoo. I'm glad that we've inspired this. Or actually, we didn't inspire it. Uh, the Great Ace Attorney did. What a game. Audrey, you should play it. I know. I need to play it. Yeah. It's real good. Oh, it's real, real good. But let's talk about another real, real good game. Actually, a collection of games. So we are going to be talking about the Castlevania Advance Collection. Uh, this got released a few weeks ago. And frankly speaking, I have trouble imagining a better value in gaming. So this is a collection of all of the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. If you if you are not aware, there were three releases for Game Boy Advance for Castlevania. All three of them were Metroidvanias uh, in the style of Symphony of the Night. And these were the first Metroidvania Castlevania games after Symphony of the Night. And this is sort of what cemented the genre. Like before this, it wasn't really a Metroidvania game because there was only... One Castlevania game that actually had this style. But th- after this, there were a whole bunch. And then there were a bunch more on DS. And then it very much just became the Metroidvania. Um, I love these games. I have very fond memories of these games. I was working uh, at the theme park Canada's Wonderland. I was doing their Halloween show over a decade ago now. And I just had my I had my uh, DS and I had these games. And I would. it was a long commute. And I would play it the entire time on the commute. And then I would go on stage and I would sing... Uh, Love Me Dead by Ludo and a bunch of other songs. And then I would come up dressed at full vampire, glam vampire too. Like I had black and red hair and had like a, a shiny tuxedo and like completely white face. And then I would go backstage and I would in this in this costume sit there and play Castlevania. So I have very fond memories of these games. 
uh, and Castlevania in general. But let, let's talk and see what, uh, Solosi, what's your experience with Castlevania? I believe you are a fan, are you not? Oh boy, uh, where do I begin? Y- yes, uh, for, first of all, my first Castlevania game was the first one on NES, uh, not the Akimojo, Dra- Akimajo Dracula for arcade, but the, the first NES release in North America. That was a rental many years ago, probably in the early 90s. I I, I liked Castlevania, but it, but it didn't quite grab me as much as, say, uh, Mega Man or um, or all the JRPGs I played back then, uh, back in the day. But I, but I enjoyed it. And when I got a PlayStation, I heard a lot about Symphony of the Night. It had already been out for a few years. So I rented that, thought it was incredible, ended up buying a copy. And now I've played Symphony of the Night, usually around Halloween, something like I don't know, six times in the past 20 years. Like, like sometimes it's Halloween and I just got to play a Castlevania game and Symphony of the Night is, is still my favorite. And, you know, when I got really deep into Castlevania in the 2000s, I played the three GBA games back to back because I didn't get a GBA until 2003 or 2004 and all three of them were already out. So I sought them out and played them probably one a month for three straight months and really loved all three. And then in the, in the 2000s, I basically had a new one coming out every year or two on the DS, and uh, that run of three GBA games and three DS games is so outstanding that it really cemented my fandom for the series. And uh, and because just how my personality works, I did I went back and played a lot of stuff and read all about it because I felt like I needed when I really want to get into something, I try to learn as much as I can about it. So now I I went back and I uh, I even played the an emulated version of the Dracula X game that's also in, that's also in the advanced collection. I figured out a way to I, I played uh, the Rondo of Blood remake for PSP, which is awesome. I'm not sure there's a good way to play that now uh, outside of the modern collections. And uh, oh, where, where else do I go with this? Uh, and but I'm really, really excited by the advanced collection, because when you combine the advanced collection, with the classics collection from a couple of years ago, with the, the Requiem collection from a couple of years ago, now there's a good way to play every Castlevania game from '86 to 2003, other than the N64 ones. Uh, so that's it, it's it's a good time to be a Castlevania fan because even though Konami's not really making them anymore, they are very interested in finding w- uh, ways for people to play their older catalog. Absolutely, um, and I mean, heck, there are three other games that came out after the Game Boy Advance games, which would also make a fantastic collection, but we might get into that later. Uh, I have an odd feeling that Audra and Nikki's history with this uh, series is going to be a little bit shorter than ours, Solosi. Audra, uh, what do you know about Castlevania? Um, I know it had to do with Dracula, and that Symphony of the Night was very popular. Yes. And that was about it until actually I picked up Harmony of Dissonance in this collection. Yeah. And Nikki, I'm assuming that your history with it is somewhat similar. Yeah, um, I played Castlevania Judgment, and I have this poster of it on my wall. And it's next to a poster of um, Tales of Symphonia, Dawn of the New World, which I did not play. And it serves to remind me that for every bad decision I've made, I've made a good decision too. So I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> Those are like the two worst games in each of their series. That That is wild. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't play Dawn of the New World. Yeah, so the, the, the poster reminds me that, yeah, you know, I did make a bad choice once, but I've also made a good choice. So everything evens itself out in the end but one thing about castlevania judgment it is a bad fighting game and the character designs are real weird but it has a bunch of really great uh remixes of castlevania music that's the the, the soundtrack in castlevania judgment is 
worth a YouTube safari, at least. It's really funny because a few weeks ago, uh, I sent Nikki a message. We were talking about something and she said, I played Judgment. And I got really excited. And oh. I was like, you played Judgment? Oh, I, I started asking questions and then it very became apparent very quickly that it was oh, Castlevania Judgment. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I just, I just get very excited when someone says they played a Yakuza game. Um, so... I, I just I, I want to ask a question of all of you just before we get started, because, you know, these are Castlevanias and Metroidvanias. The first three Castlevania games for the NES, the second one had kind of exploration open world elements, but not re- it wasn't a match. It wasn't a Metroidvania. It, it, it's, it's a nonlinear side scroller, but it, it would not it's not what we would call a Metroidvania. But they, they do uh, recreate the collect Dracula's body parts quest from that game in Symphony of the Night, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh there were there was uh, Super Castlevania four for the Super Nintendo, and there were there were a few releases on like uh, there was a release for Genesis Bloodlines, and then they came up with the uh, Symphony of the Night, and that was the the groundbreaker, and that was the thing that really cemented the Metroidvania genre, and since then it's developed out of that. Um, I'm assuming that everyone on this podcast is a fan of Metroidvanias. I'm just going to take a wild stab in the dark. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Yeah. Um, I like Mega Man ZX. I like that one. I also have a ZX Advent poster in my room underneath uh, an Apollo Justice poster, which is also a Metroidvania. I swear. Yeah, you got some. You got some Capcom poster action going on. That's but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. ZX and ZX Advent were. I think regular DS games, uh, and and they were basically Mega Man Zero, but with some Metroidvania elements added. That that they're weird and and different, but not bad. I, I liked the first one. I like them too. Yeah. I just finished Death's Gambit, which is a Metroidvania Souls like combo. Yeah, you had a you had a dandy time with that. And I like the Metroidvania elements. Well, here let me just before I jump into the things, let me ask you all just one question about Metroidvanias. Um, is the double jump the greatest upgrade in video games ever? It is one of them. It, it is crucial. And uh, when I played East 9 earlier this year in January, uh, them giving you the double jump in the very first zone was a the best surprise of that game. They just give you a double jump straight away. And I want every game to do that. It's, it's my favorite upgrade in every game. The second you get a double jump, it's just the world opens. You do a happy dance. You do a happy dance. Um, okay, well, let's let's go in here with the very first title of the collection, which is Circle of the Moon. So this was originally designed as a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. I don't want to call it a black sheep of the family, but apparently the game was removed from the official timeline. Um, so, Solosi, you... I mean, obviously, this is you played this game. You were pretty excited when I, you know, suggested that you play it. Um, when did you first play the game? I th- I'm, I'm trying to think back. I played the. Uh, I didn't get a Game Boy Advance until 2003, and I think in 2004 I sought out or eBayed uh, the three um, GBA Castlevania games because they had already yeah. all been out by then, and played them basically in order. So I, I think this was probably in 2004 when I was still in high school. And uh, I, I played all of them and they were each different and like focused on different parts of the Castlevania experience and the Metroidvania experience. But uh, all of them were very good and did a, a good job with that. And with uh, Circle of the Moon, it, it, is, it doesn't really care as much about pushing the visuals <laughs> and the hardware of the GBA to their limit. But it, it's just a really good game that's about like positional whipping and making sure that you throw those cross boomerangs so that they stop at the enemy and hit them five times and uh, and the castle is cool and moody to explore and there's good boss fights it's a rock solid gba game i think one of the reasons why many people consider it like kind of a a dark 
title. It's 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 because uh, Ego, who was the uh, he he spearheaded Symphony of the Night. And I mean, if you know if you play games nowadays, you probably know uh, him from uh, Bloodstained, uh, the kind of spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. But he had nothing to do with uh, Circle of the Moon, and apparently he actually dislikes quite a few aspects of it. Yeah, well. Um- Iga is rightfully called the architect of modern Castlevania. Um, he was the assistant director on Symphony of the Night, but the main director dropped out of the project partway through. So Symphony of the Night sort of became his game. And the, he, uh, the only other person that's as strongly associated with the Castlevania franchise, or at least recently, is Michiru Yamane, who did the uh, soundtracks for almost all of them in the 2000s. Uh, I believe she did the arrangements in Judgment. She, uh, she worked on the Genesis game Bloodlines, but then did almost all of the GBA and DS games. But Circle of the Moon has no Igarashi and no, and no Yamane, uh, which is weird. I think like uh, Konami sort of threw, made through a B team on Circle of the Moon while Igarashi was working on uh on harmony of dissonance and planning out the rest of the series and it, i don't want to make this a, a story of castlevania story canon because that is that is almost as headache inducing as talking about Z- zelda timelines <laughs> but like part of the story is dracula revives once every hundred years and someone in the belmont family is destined to uh put dracula down until they rise again a hundred years later and um circle of the moon both has no belmonts in it and breaks the hundred year rules and um, basically just did a, a, made a few decisions without Iga's sort of having any input. So Iga sort of designed the rest of the timeline and the rest of the series based on the older Castlevania games and com- completely ignoring Circle of the Moon. So Circle of the Moon is a, I don't know, you could call it a never say never again of the of the Castlevania <laughs> franchise. Um but it, but it's 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 good. Like it, it uh, and it does a lot of Castlevania things, including remix some um old school Castlevania tunes. Because I think I don't think you're allowed to be a Castlevania game unless you remix one of Vampire Killer Bloody Tears or Beginning. But uh, it, it's it is a good one, but it is not in the canon because uh, basically for dumb developer developer politics reasons. Hmm. I don't think it reflects on the quality of the game because I think you're right. I think it's a pretty rock solid Castlevania game. Um. And there are some very interesting, you know, mechanics and things like that in it. Like you, you talk about it in your, uh, we did a mini review is what we did with this one. So everyone kind of reviewed their, uh, their respective title and this, you know, there's the usual mix of magic and melee. Uh, there's also some cards in this game. Yes, there are 20 spell cards. Uh, 10 of them are action cards and 10 of them are attribute cards. So the action ones are all a, uh, a, a Roman God, like, you know, Mercury, Venus, Mars, etc. And all of the attribute cards are monsters that represent an element. Like there's a, uh, salamander for fire and, uh, I think Griffin for wind, etc. And what, what uh, Nathan Graves, the main character is allowed to equip one action card and one attribute card at the same time. And the action cards are basically what kind of spell it is. And the attribute cards are the element of the spell. So if you equip Mercury and Salamander, you get a fire whip, but if you equip Mercury and Griffin, you get like a wind blade at the end of your whip. And so there's 10 kinds of spells for the 10 action cards and over 10 elements. That means there's a hundred spells to play around with in this game, which is too many. Um, <laughs> collecting the, collecting these cards and like testing all of them is fun for a bit, but it, it, there's just so many of them. And uh, in, in the original GBA release, there was no way to tell which enemies dropped cards because there was no mappable bestiary and no indicator for how to get cards. But in the in this remake, there is a very handy indicator that pops up whenever you attack an enemy that has a card. Uh, and and it shows a little question mark if it's a card you don't have yet. 
And once you've defeated an enemy, they, they added the new bestiary so you can go and check and see exactly what items and what possible cards every enemy can drop. So now the, the, a, a nearly impossible magic card hunt from 20 years ago has been made, uh, it has basically just communicates this information better in this collection. And, and if that uh, card indicator gets annoying, you can switch it off and on if you want. Yeah, there are a lot of quality of life features in this collection, which uh, they seem to be fairly subtle, but uh, nothing that changes the overall experience of the game, but does enhance it in a few places. And this definitely sounds like one of them. Yeah, uh, all of the changes, like I'm um, fixing the uh, visual presentation to be uh, to be true pixel or smoothed out, or going or saving and loading save states or doing this card stuff is all in the uh, ZL button or L2 button if you're on PlayStation or uh, uh, left trigger if you're on Xbox. Uh, so if you just want to play this experience and not deal with any of the new stuff, you can just never press ZL and have a and have a ball. But uh, these changes are, I would say, unobtrusive and uh, and and all positive. And if you really don't want to engage with them, you can ignore them. Personally, I think I would have trouble... I'm trying to imagine what this would look like on the big screen. Um, because, I mean, I remember playing it on a very little screen. Uh, and I feel like... I mean, this this game, even on a small screen, this doesn't look remotely as good as, like, Castlevania 4, for example, for SNES. Or it doesn't look as good as the other two advanced games on the collection. It's... um, yeah. it, it, uh, There's barely any frames of animation. I think, I think Nathan has like two walking frames of animation it's uh, uh the actual movement itself is pretty smooth but the number of uh of, of animated frames is very small and uh, the game looks horrible on the original game boy advance because it, it has sort of a dark um a, a, a dark lighting and it, and they hadn't really figured out the how to backlight make colors pop in the gba yet so yeah but like playing it without a backlight was a nightmare 20 years ago but on, but on an sp or on a, or on a ds it looked great yeah um, and, and it looks great here i i mostly played it handheld on this in on the switch but i did put it on the big screen for a while and the remaster version um doesn't look hideous again again they they've deliberately are fitting out the pixels to make it look a little better but you mm. can switch to a pixel perfect version with the original gba uh um pixel count if you really want to but i i don't necessarily recommend it yeah i think i would probably stick with the uh, the revised version of it as well um okay i know that you i know that you enjoyed this but just casting yourself back to when you first played it versus now uh did you enjoy it as much as an adult as you did when you first played it you know i think i did because when i played it as a kid i was just excited to have another castlevania game that's more like symphony that's like symphony of the night because mm. that that was something I'd been chasing for a little while, and I, and I'm 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 more of a Castlevania fan than I am a Metroid fan. Because uh, again, I've I've played at least a dozen Castle, I've finished at least a dozen Castlevania games, and I've only beaten uh, two Metroid games. Yeah, but the like twenty uh, seventeen years ago or however long it was, I was just excited to be playing another one of these, and I was enjoying it sort of in the moment. And now I have so much more perspective. And I'm probably less de less dexterous than I was 17 years ago, but I, <laughs> but I, but I play video games sort of more economically and, and more, uh, I would say, I would say with with a little bit, you, you know, uh, not precisely, but but sort of in a, in a more uh, judgmental way. And th this ga game, like I, I felt the nostalgia, the positive nostalgia, but I also was just appreciating parts of it, like how, uh, like just how good the double jump and super jump feel, yeah. and how. Uh, and, and how they were designing certain monsters to be uh, handled with certain sub weapons, 
and I, I got annoyed at the at the spell card finding loot drop mechanics all over again, but appreciated that they made them easier to find now. And and, and like I I, th- I think I look back at this knowing that it's a black sheep and knowing that it was a GBA launch title and um and and appreciate it for those reasons as well as it just being a great Castlevania game. Like I I, mm. I hope I'm not uh I'm not sounding too overly analytical here. This is a good ass Castlevania game in the Symphony of the Night mold and is a worthy part of this collection. I I completely understand where you're coming from and I agree with you. Well let's let's move a little bit into the future now. Um so it's uh, the Game Boy Advance has been out for a few years now, and a, a a new Castlevania game comes out, and it's called Harmony of Dissonance, and it's still you know it's it's still a Metroidvania, and uh, it really catches quite a few people's attention. Uh, looks a lot better than uh, Circle of the Moon, and also he is involved in it. So uh, Audra, you played Harmony of Dissonance. It was your first Castlevania game. I'm really curious what you made of it and how you enjoyed it. I ended up really liking it. I wasn't quite sure at first what to make, how I'd end up feeling about it because I had never played a Metroidvania before, but I ended up from the opening sequence and you have to run from the boss. Mm-hmm. I ended up really liking it. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty fun. Hang on. Sorry. You've never played a Metroidvania before? No. This is my first one. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. I knew it was your first Castlevania. I didn't know it was your first Metroidvania. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Audra, we will we will have words later, Audra. <laughs> I, I've played two now. You've played two now. I have a small, adorable, bug-shaped friend that I might need to introduce you to that's hollow inside. Um and is a very knight-like being. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I, I think I can spin a tale to Audra some other time. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, wow, it was your first Metroidvania. Um, so with that in mind then, I guess, actually, this is going to change. I didn't know it was your first Metroidvania. I really thought, I knew it was your first Castlevania. Okay, this is going to change some of my questions then, and I'm, I'm doing this on the fly, but I'm excited about it. So okay. what makes a Castlevania, uh, Metroidvania, really special specifically is... Uh, in my mind, the mixture of open world exploration, returning to areas with new skills, but also what Castlevania brings to the party, which is the RPG mechanics. Not all Metroidvanias have RPG mechanics, but that's one of the things that Castlevania Symphony of the Night brought to the table. Uh, how do you feel about that mixture of RPG and platforming? I found it really fun and enjoyable, actually. I I mean, I've played action RPGs before, so I mm. sort of knew some of the elements, but... Yeah, getting like the double jump and everything was just awesome. Yeah, double jump. <laughs> and I liked how a lot of the um like the equipment actually had kind of story significance too. Like mm-hmm. the bracelets and everything that you can get to have a special ending. Um well this game brings back quite a few things from uh older titles. For example, uh unlike Circle of the Moon or certainly Symphony of the Night for that matter, this is the first time in a while that you've been able to play as a Belmont. Um, and it is a direct sequel to to the original Castlevania and to Castlevania Two. In that sense, it's it's fifty years after those two titles. Simon Belmont, who people my age might know from such amazing cartoon shows as Captain, Captain N. N. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew where that was going. Yeah, of course you did, Solosi. Of course you did. <laughs> um, uh, and in this particular game, you play as Simon's grandson, and there is obviously much more of a story here than there was for the original Castlevania. Um, and uh, I have to say that story, this is overarching for these three games. Story is not their strength. There are not bad stories here. I don't think, but there's nothing exceptional here. What do you feel about the story, Audra? Um, 
I thought it was a the kind of the story of the friendship was actually kind of a good motivator. I ended up getting the the special ending just to try to see if it wouldn't be too depressing for me. <laughs> Cuz a lot of the other ones seemed like they might be downers. Yeah. Always nice when you get the special ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I mean they it wasn't horrible. I thought the Maxim plotline was kind of interesting that the Maximus friend having like the shadow self and the two different um, Dracula castles. A tradition in the series. So I, I liked it. It just, I mean, I wouldn't say they were, it was necessarily groundbreaking though. Yeah. I, I, I Groundbreaking is not the word I'd use to describe it, but I am curious coming from like, as, as we were talking about platforming RPG combination, how do you feel the story was integrated into that kind of gameplay? Pretty good, actually. I liked a lot of the ways that the, I mean, just having to go through the castle and stuff, it was integrated quite well. I like the whole idea of finding, like, the Dracula's body parts and stuff to create. I mean, it was just, I thought they did a pretty good job with a lot of the gameplay elements. Mm-hmm. Like, the one area I remember... um where it's kind of like you had to go through a darkened area, but you had to have equipment to see, like night vision goggles or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah, this game reintroduces a lot of the things, you know, Castlevania uh, traditional things. Uh, and it also gets rid of the card system that was in the previous game and goes to a much more uh, traditional magic system, I would imagine. It sounds a little more simplified from the card system, which... I guess is I could see where maybe they decided to go that route, but yeah. As someone who was a newcomer to Metroidvania, I'm curious what you felt the most challenging uh, aspect of this game was, and I guess in general, like the most challenging aspects of a Metroidvania. That's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean something you disliked, but just what do you feel was uh, challenged you the most? Probably the I found the lack of healing items, especially if you couldn't find a merchant, which I couldn't for most <laughs> of the game. I ended up not meeting the requirements to have a merchant show up, so I never really had too many healing items on hand. Yeah, in in in, in modern Castlevania games, you got to live from save point to save point for the most yeah. part. So it was pretty much I had to figure out every time I got to a new area quickly how to survive it, because otherwise I'd be back at that save point. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are fairly challenging. These games aren't necessarily... They're not... I didn't find them my memory, I haven't played them for a few years. I don't remember them being uh, exceptionally challenging, but I also don't remember them being easy. Uh, Going back to Circle of the Moon, I thought that the game was very manageable uh, for most of the run, because some old Castlevania games are quite brutally difficult. And the, uh, the the Super Nintendo game in this collection, Dracula X, is one of the hardest Castlevania games. Yeah, you're going to get a bit of a whiplash if you try playing it. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's it, it's it's a semi-remake of Rondo of Blood. They took out all the story scenes and branching paths and repl- and basically like re- replace all of the cooler parts of Rondo by just making it easier to get knocked out of the air and instant killed. And and Richter Belmont doesn't really, there's no dashing, only you, you just have to sort of strut your way through the entire game. Yes, if you've played Symphony of the Night, then you know his amazing strut. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a, it, I mean, it's a strut, it's a Belmont strut that goes all the way back to Simon. But, it's a Belmont uh, strut, it's a genetic thing. <laughs> but, but back to Circle of the Moon, I mean, you have a dash, you have a double jump in this game. All the Metroidvania games move faster than old Castlevania. But yeah, Circle of the Moon was pretty manageable the whole route. There was a couple areas where I felt I was slightly underleveled and died a little too quickly in, but then just a little bit of grinding fixed that. And two bosses, one around the middle of the game and one at right at the, and one, you know, the, the final boss, 
uh, both took me probably between eight and 12 tries, but it's like, mm. it, it, it's a solvable game, but it had, it, it surprised me with its high ish difficulty sometimes. Cause I mean, there's, there's plenty of tough GBA games out there. And I, and I think the Castlevania games on GBA are manageable, but I, I still like even a veteran like me got tripped up a little bit, uh, uh playing circle of the moon again. Yeah. I didn't have too many problems with the, dracula fight at the end actually which i was surprised by i thought that would have been one of the harder ones the death fight was actually quite challenging to me that was death yeah in circle of the moon dracula is considerably harder than death so it's uh it goes both ways i guess harder than death that sounds like a name of a metal album (laughs) um do you think that you might try playing again i've been just unloading reviews on you non-stop which makes it difficult to play things outside of uh those reviews but uh, would you be at all interested in playing the other games on this collection, or for that matter, Symphony of the Night? Yes, actually, I would be, now that I've played Harmony of Dissonance. I'm quite curious. Yeah, I think that Symphony of the Night is just one of those games that most people should play. Not because it's, it, it's you know, I think it's a great game, but because it's one of those games that cemented a... How can I put this? If it wasn't for Symphony of the Night, Metroidvania would not even be a word. And some mm-hmm. would argue that it still shouldn't be a word because it's stupid. Um, oh, that's mean. I, I agree. I like it. But there are many people who believe that the word Metroidvania is just dumb. Um, I personally think that it's a game. It's a very important game. Uh, it's one of those games that made history. And because of that, and it, even better than that, a lot of the games that make history that came out on like the Nintendo system or even early Super Nintendo are kind of unplayable today. But Symphony of the Night is as playable today as it was when it was released. So it's, I think that you would really enjoy it actually, Audra. Oh, thank you. I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. It's on a collection, I believe. It is. Uh, um, it's on the Requiem collection, which has the, uh, I think it's a PC engine game, Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night, which is a se- somehow a sequel to both Rondo of Blood and Castlevania 3 for the NES. And if, if you're fans of the, uh, if you're a fan of the Castlevania um, t- uh, animated series on Netflix, that show is heavily inspired by Castlevania 3. So like a- Alucard from Symphony of the Night shows up there. But it, yeah, it's on the Requiem Collection, which is PS4. And uh, it's a PlayStation 1 game and a genre-defying one at that. And a certain other podcast on RPG fan has done two episodes on it. So, uh, yeah, um, you, Symphony of the Night, I, I uh, second that recommendation. By the way, those episodes will be included in the uh, show notes. So oh, if cool, you're curious sure. about them. I am only on half of them. But they, uh, but it is Symph- go and play Symphony of the Night if you, have, if you have access to it, please. Okay. Incidentally, I've heard amazing things about the Castlevania animated series on Netflix. I've heard oh, yes. amazing is, things about it. It is super cool. And we did an episode on that on that as well, uh, I think a year or two ago. Um, Check the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somehow it, it's, it's about Castlevania 3 for the NES and also Curse of Darkness for the PS2, which is one of the more forgettable Castlevania games. It's a that that show makes some unusual choices, but the, but it's very but very fun and dramatic choices. Well, uh, Audra, is there anything that you'd like to say about uh, Harmony of Dissonance that we haven't gotten into? Not too much. I kind of wished Liddy had more of a role in the plot. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, these games don't really put a whole lot of focus on their female characters. Um, I guess that is one change between this and Bloodstained. Bloodstained looks good. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I just, I thought it was, I thought it was solid. I thought it was a nice beginning. Actually, Slow Seat, what did you make of Bloodstained? Have you played it yet? Oh yeah, I played it when it came out. Um, I, I really, really like it. It's so many ideas went into it and so much, and, uh, and there's so much weird stuff in it. Like, 
oh, people that gave to the Kickstarter like put their dogs and cats in the game. Um, uh, Iga Rashi throws up two giant middle fingers to Konami by including uh, a stage inspired by NES Castlevania hidden in there, and also by yeah, bringing back yeah, by bringing back the voice actor for Alucard and having him voice a vampire librarian that looks just like Alucard. <laughs> I'd heard about the vampire librarian. Right. That was interesting. There's a vampire librarian. A Hold vampire on. librarian, and you can check out books to uh, um, to for bonuses. And it, as you explore more of the castle and get better library cards, you can check out more books. And if you try to leave the castle without returning the books, you get in big trouble with the vampire librarian. Uh, Bloodstained is very, very good. It, again, it's a little, it's a little bit messy, but there's a ton of ideas and and fun that went into it. And it is definitely like, and it has a, a main character that looks like Shanoa from uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. The skill system is kind of like uh, the souls from Aria of Sorrow. And, and, and you're rescuing townspeople and, and cooperating with them kind of like old school Rondo of Blood. It is it is very good and it is 100% of Castlevania in everything but name. But maybe we should stick to Castlevania games since it's in the episode title and whatnot. Yeah, I think that the audience will forgive us for a brief foray into the world of Bloodstained. Um, well, Harmony Dissonance came out, and then a few years later, uh, the final entry on Game Boy Advance came out, and this is generally considered uh, not just one of the finest games on the system or one of the finest metroidvania is ever made but it's considered to be one of the best castlevania games ever made and it did a lot of things very very different than other entries including taking place in the future so yeah it is aria of sorrow and nikki you played this game and uh yeah you got to play as i believe the character's name is soma cruz and i think i might be mistaken but i think you were a fan uh soma cruz my beloved that's right <laughs> there he is Wow. He wears jeans because it's the future. Did you know in the future we'll all wear jeans? And all have very stylish white trench coats as well. That's right. Wow. How stylish. Yeah. Um, I think this game is terrific. I think that it looks terrific. I think it plays amazingly well. I think it's just an, a fantastic game. Uh, and it was your first one. So how did you feel about uh, the Castlevania series uh, the first time you played it? What do you think? Wow. I was so glad that um, Alucard was in the game. So it has Soma Cruz and Alucard. What are you talking about? There's only there, there's only Soma. He's not blonde, but he's hiding. Okay, but he's in there. He's in the game. He knows he has to it? read Look. between the lines, and you'll find. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Genya Arikado is obviously not someone with a very similar name. Obviously, no, it's him. It's him. <laughs> I can tell. It's it mm, has to that's be. Not, that's not how I remember it. If no. you believe it. <laughs> okay, Mulder. Cruel. Okay. Whether or not Alucard is in the game. Uh, Soma Cruz is, and Soma Cruz is a very, very different kind of character than the traditional Castlevania protagonist. They, uh, he can absorb the souls of monsters and then learn and use their abilities. How did you uh, tell me a little bit about this soul absorbing system and uh, how it works in the game? Well, I never figured out really how it works. I think it's random. <laughs> you attack enemies and when you kill them, maybe you eat their souls. Um... And that's pretty cool because then if you eat their souls, you get their special power like Kirby. You know what I mean? You know how Kirby does that? Or Mega Man. You you just yeah, told me. Yeah, I was trying to avoid the Axel comparisons, but you know, we can we can, you know, pretend that that yeah, it's Axel, I guess. Don't we're worry we're talking about, about Mega Man protagonists and you land on Axel. 
from <laughs> X7 and X8. That that's what he does, right? He's, he well, takes their powers. Every so does, that's what so does all of them do. Mega Man. <laughs> oh my god! Wait a minute. Super fighting robot. You're right. Yes. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh my. Hold on. I'm having a galaxy brain moment oh, right now. <laughs> Axel from X7 and X8. That's why okay. I was trying to avoid the Mega Man comparison. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, I was in, like, in no, great, I don't want to think that he's like Axel. He's Soma Cruz with jeans, and that's all we need. <laughs> we don't need to think that he's Axel. Well, okay. In, in the great canon of of game characters stealing enemy powers. I mean, you have your Mega Mans and your Kirby's and your Axles and your Blue Mages, and now we have Soma Cruz. That's right. Yes, and he'll like uh, you know, it's like um, it's like with the first game we talked about. If you want, you can put um, using the power of the advanced collection options. There, there's an option to have a little notification show up every time you hit an enemy, and if you've collected their soul, it will light up. So you'll know if you've gotten it or not. Um, I turned it off because it's like every time that you hit them and um, that's a lot. But it's nice that that's there. Yeah, it's a good little feature. When you're, when you're looking for a specific soul or are in a new area and you want to keep track of what souls you haven't got yet, it, it's a great feature. But it, those notifications pop up so much that there will be a time that you're ready to turn it off. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the sound of Solosi's voice when he said Axel. You sounded like you were about to just like drink hard liquor, just in despair at a I, bar. That's I, I how mean, I felt. Okay, I, I didn't right, want right, right, to look, go if, if this way. I didn't want this to happen. If, if you if you're in the Mega Man zone and you think of characters that can use other characters' powers, like is, you land on Axel. I'm, I'm listen. I'm, still... I'm sorry. I didn't want it to be this way. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't have to happen this way. I was trying to go with Kirby. <laughs> let's let's go. He also has the very scary enemies. It's perfect. It's yes. Kirby with jeans. <laughs> Kirby with jeans and let's just say also with a handgun. Oh my god, you can get a gun. And a, and a sword. Kirby Kirby is a sword boy as well. That's true, but Soma Cruz can get a gun. Apparently, there's a boss rush mode that he can get a giant gun in. I didn't do that, but I know there's a very giant gun. It's very cool looking. So anyway, I started blasting. Uh, that's it. That's the statement. The, I mean, the, the souls in Aria of Sorrow and the huge number of weapons you can collect in Aria of Sorrow make it uh, like the most loot-heavy game of this trio, and and maybe mm. even more so than Symphony of the Night, where Alucard can also use a ton of weapons and magic. It's a it, it, like Aria of Sorrow is a great Castlevania game, but it's also a pretty solid collectathon if you want to play it that way. You can throw cats at the enemy. And you can oh. throw curry at the enemy, depending on the souls you get. So you can do anything if you set your mind to it. If you set your mind to it, you too can throw cats at Dracula. <laughs> That's right. And uh, they do they do this in Bloodstained as well, but in uh, in Circle of the Moon and uh, Harmony of Dissonance, you basically you you obtain relics that give you new abilities that allow you to tra traverse the castle in better ways. But in Aria of Sorrow, it's you just uh, get a guaranteed soul drop from bosses, and you use and you use boss souls in the same way. So like there, uh, Soma has a bunch of equipment that he uses as weapons, some swords bigger than he is, and and guns. And uh, the, my my favorite trick is taking a, a katana and doing short hops and doing an air attack and then another attack right when you hit the ground for like a double slash. That's a uh, some some advanced tech for you there, but. Uh, <laughs> 
like like it, it is all about soul collecting in Aria of Sorrow in in a way that earlier Castlevania games made it more about like relic hunting, and and they paid that forward into Bloodstained. Like you can tell that Igarashi was eager was interested in revisiting stuff from Aria and Dawn of Sorrow when he made uh, Bloodstained. Oh yeah, this game um has I'm gonna say it. I don't think the double jump is the best one in this game <gasps> because you go almost the entire game without a dash. But when you finally get the dash, which is personally my favorite thing to do when I used to play Mega Man ZX and Advent, which the A stands for Axel. And that's also why I thought of it. <laughs> and I was trying very hard to keep it out of my mind. But anyways, you get a dash and you also damage the enemies with the dash. And it's a really good dash. So I think that's the best one in this game. That's my opinion. Uh, in Circle of the Moon, the, their version of that is a super jump that has you travel like three screens up at once. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, it's a little scary the first time you use it. Like you, you, at first, for a second, I thought I had hurt myself. But uh, yeah, when you get like post-game, end-game fast travels nonsense, that's it's like when Alucard can finally turn into a bat and go through and go through walls like it's it, it opens up everything so much more oh you can turn into a bat in this one yes and you're a cute little bat because you're fluffy like your jacket <laughs> i forgot about the fluffy white bat <laughs> yeah it's fluffy okay well you met yeah there's the soul absorbing system in your review uh you do mention that because of the various abilities you can approach the game from different angles like you you mentioned you can approach it offensively defensively or cheese uh which one was your particular preference i had to cheese it because i was very bad oh okay it took me about an hour to figure out how the save rooms worked so like audra i spent a lot of the game with like one health mm -hmm. and so i ended up like finding little spaces where the bosses couldn't hit me and i was just like spamming attacks and they were like literally locked into like just walking back and forth and they couldn't hit me i literally like cheesed a good chunk of the game just because I was so scared of dying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to. I had no choice. I didn't mean this for to become a like traumatic experience. No, for it's you. okay. I it's fine. Don't worry about it. I I, I don't remember. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone now. You've blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> okay. Um, I like that. That's a thing you can do. That just makes it more fun for people who want to like mess with the game. Sorry, blocking it from your memory. Uh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I'm I'm very lost at the moment. I'm... I mean, um, cheesing the game is. Uh... Yes, I feel like I'm in Dracula's castle, the mirror version, um, or the upside down version. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with cheesing your way through the game. In fact, no, cheesing your way through the fun. game can be a lot I of fun. I think it's cool that that's a thing you can do. I was just going to say, if you're actually capable of staying at over one HP, you know, unlike me, um, you can actually like play more like you can approach it in a more traditional way. And then when you replay it, you find all these funny little things that you can also do. Even if you beat the game, you have a lot of reasons to replay it by trying out all the other silly things you can do. That's true. That's kind of experimental. And I mean, there is replay value baked into these games in the sense that there are usually hard modes after you defeat the uh, after you beat the final boss, which I'm assuming is the very first thing that you did, Nikki. Uh, the first thing I did was look at pictures of Soma Cruz. Like, uh, <laughs> there's like the concept art little <laughs> section, and I'm like, ah, oh, look at this beautiful artwork of Soma Cruz. That's what I did. Uh, do you, N Nikki, have you seen the difference in art style between Aria and Dawn of Sorrow? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so do you prefer the Ayumi Kojima Gothic Soma or the 
anime bright-eyed boy Soma. I don't dislike the anime style, but it, that classic artwork is gorgeous. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say that's the one, you know. Um, Just as kind of a, a fun little point, I, I went back in time here and uh, looked at some of our past reviews, and none of these people are on staff anymore or reviewers, but like Castle Circle of the Moon got a 94 when it first came out with us. Harmony of Dissonance got an 88, and Aria of Sorrows has got a 90 and a 95, respectively. So, like, these games have always been pretty well regarded, and the three of you regarded them very highly as well. And with that in mind, I think that this might be one of the best values, uh, if you love Metroidvania, certainly, or Castlevania uh, games uh, available today. It's just... It's crazy good. Um, there is, as we mentioned, a fourth game included, and I, I actually kind of want Solosi to talk about it for a sec because I feel oh, a little no. bad. We didn't mention it. In, yeah, I'm sorry, Solosi. Uh, I feel a little bad because we didn't mention it in the review, but the reality is it's not a Metroidvania. It doesn't have RPG elements, but it is in there. So, Solosi, tell us why the best title in this collection is Dracula X. Right. Well, um, uh, Castlevania's Japanese title is Dracula. I think like Castlevania 1 is called like dark dark lord dracula or something in in japanese so dracula x was and 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 rondo of blood didn't come out in uh worldwide when it was released in 90 or 91 so Mm. the super this is a super nintendo version of rondo of blood with the story sequences cut out um the stages redesigned so there aren't alternate pathways and uh Richter, who's the main character of Rondo of Blood and a, and a minor character in Symphony of the Night. A Belmont. Yeah, yeah, Richter Belmont. And I think the next season of the Castlevania animated series is going to be about Richter as well, mm-hmm. uh, or if, if memory serves. But mm-hmm. it is it is basically a much more challenging version of Rondo of Blood. With uh, and, and the best part of it is the really good Rondo soundtrack being remixed into the SNES sound chip, which is not better or worse, but just, just a very interesting alternate soundtrack. Yeah. It's like, like the, the final battle of, with Dracula, instead of being normal on a regular floor, like in Rondo, it's on pillars that are spaced apart. And if you get hit out of the air for any reason, you'll fall between a pillar and die. Like it, it's, there, there's frustrating parts of it that make it just a brutally difficult 2D side-scrolling action game. Mm-hmm. And even if you're like me and really enjoy uh, these Super Nintendo and NES Castlevania games and are, and are you know, focused and patient enough to at least beat some of them, but not all of them, because a lot of them are really hard, this one was too hard even for me playing it with save states in college in 2006. Mm. So if you have a choice... And I mean, if you buy this, you might as well check it out because I mean, it's, it's part of the collection. I would, I would argue, it's not the the it shouldn't be the deciding factor in buying the collection. But if you have a choice, Rondo of Blood would probably be a better v- version of this game. Yes, full stop. It, it, Rondo of Blood is great and one of the best non RPG, non Metroidvania, excuse me, non RPG, non Metroidvania Castlevanias. And Dracula X is a much more challenging but otherwise not as good version um but you can get rondo of blood on the castlevania requiem collection that came out a couple years ago and you can get uh, like uh in the castlevania classics collection there's something like oh i don't know like like a dozen or 15 games in that one too so there are plenty of better options than dracula x if you want to play a classic castlevania game and there actually has been another remake done of rondo of blood there was it was for playstation portable a few years ago, many years ago now. Yes, and original Rondo and um, Symphony of the Night with uh, 
different voice work are unlockable in that game. Yeah, I, I've heard the different voice work. I wouldn't recommend it. No, it's it's no, it's it, it lacks the um, the profound subtleties of the original translation. <laughs> um, profound subtleties, sure. Uh, if you can uh, play the PlayStation One or Saturn version of Symphony of the Night, because those are all time classics. The the remake is uh, it'll get the job done, but it's it's not as good as uh, the old school voice work. Well, uh, before I move on to our discussion question, uh, I actually am going to ask Slosi another question because uh, of your experience oh. with the Castlevania series. Um, for those who have played through the Castlevania Advance Collection and they are looking for some more uh, some more Castlevania goodness what would you recommend to them what what would, what should be their next step oh boy they should go right on to those ds games because um ds games are playable on the 3ds and it's not that hard to get uh, your hands on a 3ds nowadays and that trio uh dawn of sorrow which is a sequel to aria of sorrow uh portrait of ruin which is about a painting vampire that you jump into and you jump into paintings in the castle like like mario 64 and order of ecclesia in which you're in which you're a lady named shinoa that equips magical rune tattoos to her body for special powers those three are all excellent and i would not be against them releasing another castlevania collection of those three because they're uh because they are super good and between the three GBA games and the three DS games, it is hard for me to pick a favorite because they're all they are all B pluses or A minuses. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty high average when you think about it for a series of games. Uh, we don't have to talk about the N sixty four games or Lords of Shadow <laughs> or uh, oh shoot Judgment or Judgment or that that um oh that there was that one that was like a multiplayer Castlevania that had a bunch of characters jumping into the screen at once and it had oh. God, what was it called? Uh, Harmony of Despair? Something of Despair? Kirby and the Magic Mirror. <laughs> uh, let's see, what was uh, uh Castlevania Returns? Castlevania Tropical Freeze? That's the one, yeah. That's it. I, no, it, it was Harmony of Despair. Okay, I, Castlevania I, I just, X7? Yeah, I, I just threw a music word and a dark <laughs> word out into the open, and, they, uh, and I ended up being correct. But um, yes, a Harmony of Despair, uh, no need to play it. That's the um, mighty number nine of Castlevania games. Okay. Well, thank you all for coming on the episode. I really appreciate it. We're going to jump into a discussion question uh, that may or may not have something to do with Castlevania. It depends on your taste, I guess. So the Castlevania Advance Collection, uh, it's following a series of some fairly significant uh, collections of games that have come out in the last few years, like the the Mana Collection, which uh, combined uh, you know the various Mana games. There was a, my, my personal favorite, there was a Saga Collection, uh, which, um, whew, boy, I sure couldn't download that to my switch fast enough um but there are certainly lots more trilogies and lots more games that could be released uh in collection factors so i'm curious what is the next collection that you would like to see released it can be anything it can be rpg it can be adventure game it can be visual novel just like a trilogy of games or a collection of games that uh, are packaged into one into one really high value package so audra would you like to go first sure um i'd probably say the Legend of Heroes Gagarf trilogy. Oh, the the PSP ones. Yeah, those ones. They kind of need they need a better translation. Yeah, they do. <laughs> in general, in general. So I'd love to see a, just a collection of all three of them since they're already connected to one another. Yeah. Oh man, I wasn't expecting that. Um, it, those games are. Uh, they have a reputation for being beautifully written, like even like like poetic in the original Japanese. But the uh, it's it, what is it? It's a uh, 
One of them was Vermilion, Tears of Vermilion. Tear of Vermilion, Son of the Ocean, and Prophecy of the Moonlit Witch. That, yeah, yeah, that, right. That, that sounds right. And I think they released them out of order, and the translations were bad. And yeah. uh, and I re- I tried one of them and thought it was pretty rough. But like, uh, and especially now that Trails is a big is a big deal, having those predecessor games that that's a really cool idea. Yeah, I, I would definitely play them. <laughs> of like yay if that would happen i don't know if it will though they seem to be focused on trails i think they were pc releases in the 90s and then and then this the psp collection was their first official release worldwide yeah i'd also like lunar yeah but without um without dragon song they can ignore that one that was an answer that that i thought might pop up (laughs) ahead of legend of heroes lunar one and two are amazing yeah they are and that would be a they could release could you imagine the collect like the the collector's edition they could release for those two games if they could get the rights to some of the stuff that came with the uh original psp or psx releases i still have my galleon puppet If they did the collection like that, maybe they could have the Sega CD releases and the PS1 Saturn releases side by side to compare them all. Oh, that would be an amazing collection. I didn't have that on my list of collections, but yeah, that's one I would buy. Other than that, Hakuoki, because there's so many Hakuoki games. Oh, that's and, a good one. Yep. Yes. Um, I was not on those Hakuoki episodes of Retro with you, Audra and Nikki, but I did edit them. So I did a little bit of background research on Hakuoki. And I was overwhelmed at how much Hakuoki there is. Yes, there's so much Hakuoki that it only a collection could properly contain it. And because they tell the main story of it, like in something like f- like four different versions, and then there's a couple spinoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a lot. Like it looks like the best way to play them is maybe the two Vita games nowadays. But there's yeah. a, but there's a lot of Hakuoki out there. It probably does need a unifying collection. Uh Nikki, if you could pick a collection of games that could be released, what would it be and why? Well, when we say uh, next, does that mean uh, a collection that could feasibly be released soon? Fingers crossed. Because I had two that I couldn't decide upon, but one of them would not be something they could release soon. But one that they could release soon would be... uh, the Ace Attorney games on the DS. You got me. Oh, that was mine. I uh. wanted specifically Apollo Justice and then the other two on the DS, Investigations 1 and What Comes After 1, 2. two. They gotta give us that in English. Please, Capcom. Please. Yeah, that, that, that's the missing chapter that's locked in Japanese right now. And it's a good one, too. It's a good game. I really enjoyed it. I don't know anything about it other than it has a lady judge, and that's enough to make me interested. With a telescoping gavel. <laughs> because of course she has. It's Ace Attorney. What was the other pick, Nikki? Oh, um, instead of remakes, Pokemon Black, White, Black 2, and White 2. Oh, that's an interesting one. If you've seen the concept art that that exists for the game you can tell that the original like they they've said that they've taken about a year to write the story for black and white and it can you can really tell because the earliest concept art we've seen the characters look completely different like they play completely different roles so i was thinking not only something that gives players like a way to play those games in their original like release form rather than trying to you know update the graphics and maybe make people unhappy with how they do that give them the original games but then also like that kind of vault material with like the concept art and the commentary about how the game changed during the drafting 
period versus the final release. Hmm. That's what I want. <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. That would be pretty neat. As long as I can evolve an Excadrill again, I am on board. <laughs> Excadrill would be in the game. Excadrill has a different sprite in the pre-release than in the main release, so maybe that could be part of the vault material too, how the Pokemon designs changed over time. In, in the in the remake, they would presumably add fairy types, so that would just make Excadrill give them some an extra weakness to exploit to some to cut up some fluffy boys. That's true. Well, I would like this to come with like a black three and white three, but they would be they would be able to focus only on that game if all they had to worry about with the originals was porting. But that's just me, you know, thinking into the future because that's what I do. Oh, yeah, well, I'll have to live there someday. Uh, Salosi, what would be your collection? I also had two ideas. One of them was more of a localization hope, and the other was a proper re-released collection. I have an odd feeling that my my second pick is going to be among this, but I, go. I, I, I think you're right as well. Um, I I, I want Ishin and Kenzan, the uh, the, the two lost uh, Yakuza games set in samurai times, a few hundred years apart. Uh, if, if you don't like attaching a Yakuza name to those samurai games, call them Ronin like a dragon collection or something. Uh, I, I but I want to play those two games. Um, Kenzan, which was made before Yakuza Three, is has a reputation for being pretty good, and Ishin, which I think was made between Yakuza Four and Five, has a reputation of being one of the best ones. Yeah, it uses. I think it's the first game that actually uses the new engine. Right. Yeah. It, it's. I think. I think they both use the new engine. Um, uh, Kenzan was the first PS3 one. And yeah. uh, and Ishin was the one, the first one in the five zero engine. Yeah, it's kind of how they broke it in. Yeah, and uh, and anyway, I I want to play both of those, but they uh, it, it, they would be tremendous translation undertakings. I don't know what the chances are of us getting them. And the second mm. one, which is more realistic, because these are games that all came out in English, is a Shadow Hearts collection. Uh, oh. the, the Shadow Hearts PS2 games are very very good. I've played Shadow Hearts two slash Covenant to completion. And I've put a couple hours each into Shadow Hearts 1 and Shadow Hearts from the New World. Um, but they are very weird and specific and great. Uh, you have to you play Wheel of Fortune every time you attack and every time you buy something at a shop for critical hits. And you can get shopping critical hits. There's a character that's a masked wrestler vampire. A character that is a World War One vet living in the Amazon rainforest and believes he's a Japanese ninja. Uh, there are there is a good boy dog character and a good boy cat character in different games. These are uh, in, incredibly weird and funny and interesting uh, JRPGs. The second one is awesome, and the other two are at least pretty good, but I haven't finished them. And But they're also kind of hard to find now and have not been re-released in any form. So a, a Shadow Hearts collection would be really, really warranted and welcome. I think both of those are excellent choices, and mine actually wasn't in there. I didn't think about Yakuza oh. for once. <laughs> I, I was I was sure you were gonna. I was I, I was sure I was stealing Kenzan and Ishin from you. <laughs> no, I think that's a great idea, though. I would love to play that. No, my choice. Uh, if I could have a collection, I would like to get the uh, the uh, Quintet trilogy on uh, Switch. The Heaven and Earth trilogy. Yeah, that would be Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma. Um, released in one. Terranigma has never been released here. There is an English version of it because it got released in Europe, but it's never been released in North America. Uh, Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia are just fantastic Super Nintendo games. Uh, Terra Enigma is known as like one of those amazing hits that never got released here. I've heard nothing about whether or not this is going to happen, but considering that uh, Quintet also developed Razor, who knows? I mean, Razor has been getting a little bit of play lately, so maybe it might come out. The, the old Quintet games were published by Enix. 
Yeah. So I, I believe they are officially in Square Enix's catalog, but I uh, I have not heard a peep about them ever getting re-released. I were, were some of them maybe on the Wii Virtual Console? I'm not positive. I checked online uh, for uh, releases, and it doesn't look like it. Like oh, it looks okay. like these things have gotten extremely limited releases uh, in the past. Uh, I imagine that if anyone would have gotten a larger scale release, it would be. Uh, Illusion of Gaia, because Illusion of Gaia was by far the most successful of the three, um, and probably the best known, and it's just a... I love that game. I think it's a beautiful, fun, delightful game. Terra Enigma is a pretty great portmanteau, though, like Metroidvania. Terra, Terra oh, and Enigma. Enigma and Terra, yeah, yeah. Earth, Earth Puzzle. <laughs> yeah, Earth Mystery or Earth Puzzle, yeah. And it's a... And because all of those games have to do with someone challenging hell for con- for control of the earth they're they're usually called the heaven and earth trilogy but uh, they're, they they might there's probably other names out there floating around well i think that uh it would be delightful if all of those uh collections were announced and given nintendo's uh just incredible just they just you know they they do a nintendo direct and we're expecting some stuff and they're like oh here's something you didn't expect and it's available today <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if any of those were announced to the next nintendo direct i honestly would not um well, that was uh, that was the discussion question, and uh, let's just move on to a little bit of housekeeping now to wrap this episode up. So, uh, yeah, this uh, this is Random Encounter. We have a ton more episodes, so if you uh, want to get in contact with us uh, here at the show, you can fire us off a message at podcastrpgfan.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for discussion questions or feedback about the show, uh, anything at all, please fire us off a message there. We would uh, love to hear it. And you can also find us on your podcast player of choice and give us a rating. Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast, why not share it with a friend? Uh, You know, help get the word out there about this. Uh, However, this is not the only podcast that we have here at RPG Fan. We do have uh, a few others, and one of them is very close to uh, Mike Solosi's heart. Solosi, why don't you tell us uh, what's coming up on Retro Encounter in the next few weeks? Right. Well, in uh, coming up on Retro Encounter, we have two episodes on East Origin. And Audra, you uh, you are joining me in playing that game for uh, this month. We we haven't recorded the first one yet, but uh, we are very soon. So I'm excited to talk about that with you. Yes. And East. Also, yeah, East. Very good. <laughs> there, there is no way to get me to roll my eyes harder than if someone t- pronounces it wise. But anyway. Um, I so, honestly thought about pronouncing it wise when right. I was doing housekeeping on last episode. So yeah, so we, uh, uh, two on East Origin coming soon. Then in December, we have uh, not in this order, but two episodes on Final Fantasy V. One episode on on a game that was released recently that I'm uh, that I, I'm going to play right after I finish East Origin. And also one final RPG Villains episode to close to close out the year. That sounds like a good uh, a good wrap up there. Yeah, and I look forward to a lot of those episodes. Um, we also have Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG fans' music podcast. Uh, the last few episodes, I've been I've been a really big fan of some of the music I've been hearing in the last few episodes. Uh, and the next episode, we're going to be taking a very good look at video game concert music. You may have heard these songs before, but these are live in front of an audience, so they're going to be different arrangements, different versions. And I've taken a look at the the track listing, and there's a few of them in there that maybe go, oh, that's going to be real interesting. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, and we also have uh, our partner podcast, which is Phoenix Edge with Hat and Eric. Uh, they're focused on RPG news, and they are on YouTube. So absolutely check them out on there. If you'd like to send me some feedback or uh, see what's going on, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at jono underscore logan. 
Uh, we also have some other people on this podcast who have online presences and they would probably like to get it out there. So Solosi, where can we find you online? Sure. Uh, the best way to find me is probably Twitter. I am at The Real Monsoon most of the times and at Evoker for Dogs other times. Cool. And Audra, where can we find you? My email is B at RPGFan.com. And Nikki, where can we find you? I'm uh, Otome underscore Nikki on Twitter. You're not going to say it? It's only 1K. If it were two. That would be a diary. Yay! Uh, <laughs> we did it. Okay. Yay. I was, uh, oh, I, I, I would have been heartbroken if that didn't happen. Anyway, thank you all so very much for joining us this week. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks from now. So uh, whatever you're playing, have fun.